Let me ask you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 28. And we will also read from the first chapter of Acts. And while you're turning, I want to thank those of you that uh, prayed for uh, Connie and me last week. I was uh, preaching in a mission conference over in uh, Georgia. It was a wonderful time. Um, And they had a great conference, and uh, it was a real privilege to be a part of that. And they wanted me to express their gratitude uh, to the session here and letting me go over and do that. And we prayed for you all as well. And as always, we missed being here last week. Now we're going to hear some last words. Last words are usually important words. Words of priority, if they are planned, and when they come from God himself, they are planned. We read in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's bow together. Lord, what a privilege it is to gather as your people on your day, called by you to be here and called for a purpose. And that is to give you all glory and praise. Not that we can add one iota to your glory, but you desire it. You desire to hear from your people. It's amazing, Lord. Lord, will you be our teacher today? We've all come here with different kinds of weeks that we faced this past week. Some difficult, some celebrative, some just normal weeks. And we don't even know what this next week will bring. But thank you that we've already heard from your word. That you're with us always. We are grateful for that. We come before you with open hearts. And we do so in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let's talk about how we got here to this point. On January 30th, 2011, our congregation overwhelmingly voted to proceed toward building a building, if the way be clear. It was even a higher percentage than than I imagined, which we were so thankful for that God had given us a real heart of unity in that. Now, we defined, if the way be clear, in this way. If we could either raise the funds in order to build, or we could raise enough to where we would be able to handle whatever payment and so on uh, would take place. And we found the way to be clear. And so we proceeded. We entered into uh, a building And as you know, now we have the Great Hall, and we have the Worship and Arts Suite. If you've never been to the Worship and Arts Suite, you must go there. And then we have the youth area, and that too, as soon as we opened it up, we had people of all ages saying, now how young do you need to be in order to be in in the youth group here? And then below us, we remodeled, completely redid the children's area to make it secure and safe. Now, when the building was built, uh, uh, it was built in uh, such a way in that day that was not uncommon, but there were basically seven ways to get in and out of the children's area. And in our day, that's not good. And so we determined it was time to renew that and to secure it. And then in our old family center, we developed that into office space and lobby, as you know. And then the sanctuary was renovated as well. For those of you that weren't here for the the four weeks we worked on that, we actually met in the Great Hall for worship. Now, in order to accomplish that, we had a focus on stewardship. It was called here and now. The reason we called it here and now is we uh, were saying that we are committing ourselves to this place, this community, by building. We are saying we're, we are continuing to plant ourselves here where God has put us. And now is the time. And as Adam put in, uh, said in our Uh, town hall meeting during Sunday school. Basically, what we have done through the years from the very first building, which was this sanctuary, is that we have just continued to build walls around people. We haven't just built to build. We did it out of necessity as God brought us more and more people. So we, we called it here and now. Now, some churches call that a stewardship campaign. For the most part, we've stayed away from using the term campaign because we, we usually either use the word focus or season. We, we, we didn't want it to be as though we're starting something and, and then, then it's over and we got that out of the way and, and so on. In fact, my prayer was that because we were approaching it from a spiritual perspective, from a biblical perspective, that there would be an impact on all of our stewardship. 
And we saw that this morning as well in our vision gathering town hall meeting. As Jeff Warren shared some amazing numbers of uh, how much was given and how our general budget and general giving has gone up and our faith mission giving has as well. Stayed stable and then continued to rise. That to me was amazing. It's amazing to see when God wants to do something through a group of people, what he will and can do. Now, we are not relying, we didn't at that time for here and now, nor are we now relying on some kind of a clever, tricky campaign. We won't do that. This church has never gone that route, and we won't. It's not necessary. It's wrong. Instead, what we will do is we will delve into God's Word. We will ask God's Holy Spirit to to speak to us and to guide us. We will keep you informed. And we're going to give you the privilege of being part of what God is doing here. Now you say, oh, okay, here it comes. The, The privilege of... Well, think of this. Here's why I consider it a privilege. How many churches do you know that that three years ago with the economy the way it was could have had that kind of participation and seen that kind of commitment from their people and had the need for it? There's lots of churches you can go to that, that don't have a need to build a building. That's why I consider it a privilege to be a part of what God is doing here. You may be already thinking, and I understand this. Well, I'd like to take part, but we don't have any extra money to give. And some of you may be thinking you've given enough already. I understand that. Don't worry. I can tell you I am on that exact same journey that you were on. In fact, three years ago when we went into this, you know what the economy was like. We were just about to, uh, we had just made our, our faith mission giving commitment. We were just about to send our fourth child to college, to a very expensive college. I might say, and now she's a junior there. And so we were on that journey as well. As Connie and I prayed about it over the weeks, God prompted us. And then here's what else he did. Over the years, he provided for us. Ways we didn't expect. And we have never found him unfaithful in that. We didn't presume on him. And yet, we had to ask him for the faith and then be willing to step out in that way. So here's what I want you to do. Relax. Okay? Just relax about... This, 
I am determined to be open to God doing his work in my life. And that's all I'm asking you. Will you be open to God doing his work in your life? So I don't want you to be worried about amounts of money. I don't want you, uh, you know, I'll, I'm going to tell you right now how I'm going to end this sermon. Here's how I'm going to end it. Pray and ask God, what do you want to do through me to accomplish your will for my church? That's all I'm going to do. You're going to be given these cards with that little prayer on it. So you can relax. You don't have to run out the door. You don't have to worry that somebody's going to corner you. In fact, that would never take place at St. Andrew's Presbyterian. Now, let's talk about the why. Here's, here's my plan. Uh, in other words, the why we want to go ahead and pay this off. And what are we going to do? Uh, my plan is today we're going to look at our mission statement. And then the next two weeks, we're going to visit, vi- revisit Vision 2017. And we're going to talk about what kind of an impact this could have. The reason we are entering into giving it forward. Now, if I were sitting there where you are, my question would be, okay, if we give it forward and we pay off uh, the remainder of what we owe, where are we going and what are we going to do if that's the case? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to read and I'm going to comment. And one more thing. If you're visiting with us, I know already, you know, your wife's either nudging you saying, why would you bring us here? Or your, the husband is doing that and saying, oh, no. We've stumbled into a stewardship season. Well, <laughs> I want you to relax even more because I'd love for you to stay these next few weeks. Because I don't know if there's anything that we could do to tell you more about the heart of St. Andrews than the way we're going to approach this in the next several weeks. You're going to hear our mission and you're going to hear our vision and, and who we are as a church. So in terms of commitment, we're, we're talking to our members, but we'd love for as many of you as possible to listen in. And you'll have a pretty good feel for who we are as a church. So what are we doing? Let me read to you the, what, what we call the preamble to our mission and vision statement. Here's how we begin it. We are not all we will be. We are not yet all we desire to be. But by God's grace... And with his strength, this is who we are attempting to become as a church. You see, it's all about him. It's not about, you know, this is our big plan. This is where we see God leading us. And so what's our mission? Well, you've probably already noticed it in various places, uh, including the front of the worship guide. That's our mission, helping people joyfully know Jesus Christ, love him more, and serve him better. We have it plastered everywhere because that's what we desire to do. Now, that's a human statement, but 
the way we see that statement is a human statement of what Jesus said. And that is, it's a summary of how to make disciples. So that's what we are about here. Now let's break down that mission statement. The the first thing you see there uh, is help people joyfully. Now that's the modifier for everything that comes after that. Listen to a few verses of Scripture. Rejoice always. Now to him who's able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. That's a theme throughout the Scripture. Now here's what we say. At St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church, we believe that man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Now, that is the answer to the first catechism question in the Westminster Confession of Faith. The first question is, uh, what is the chief end of man? And the answer is, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. So we see This is even answering that, saying, yes, that's what we are to be about. And then we go on and say this. Therefore, we believe that joy should characterize everything we do. Joy denotes the deep and abiding joy of which Paul speaks, as well as the appropriate and genuine outward joy arising naturally from our relationship with Jesus Christ. It should not merely be an afterthought, but should permeate every activity and ministry. So here's the thing. We see joy as the umbrella statement over the, the next three things. No love and serve. It should be joyfully. And then we explain here that there's different kinds of joy. For instance, it's, there is the joy that is the outward joy where there is the laughter uh, where is, you know, uh, there is that happy kind of thing. And we see that if you're around our church for any length of time, you will see uh, laughter. You will be joining in to laughter. It is my contention that where God's Holy Spirit is, there will be laughter. And yet, there's another kind of joy as well. Because we, the, you know, life is not all about Laughter. There are times where we don't have any laughter to give because of what we're going through. And so you have the Apostle Paul writing the book of Philippians, the epistle of joy, it's often called, and yet writing it from prison. I don't think he and the others were sitting around yucking it up and, and, you know, having that kind of laughter that, that we sometimes think of with joy. And that's where, as we've described it, that, that deep and abiding joy. And where's, where's the source of that? Well, the source of that is being related to Jesus Christ, being a child of the living God. See, here's the thing. 
if we have a relationship with the Father through the Son, if we're trusting in Christ alone for our eternal life, then it puts other things in perspective. If we believe, like we preach here, that God always does what's best for His children, and that He is in control, if we really believe that, then we can have that deep, abiding joy, even in the middle of trials and difficult times. So that's why we put the word joyfully in there. To reflect both kinds, to reflect all of life. It is the umbrella. And so we help people joyfully. The first thing, know Jesus Christ. You'll see these words too, know, love, and serve. Know Jesus Christ. Here's what Paul said. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Here's what we say. That's the scripture. We say this denotes a relationship both in the beginning, that relationship by coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and in stages of growth throughout one's life as a disciple. We see this as the core of our mission, and it touches on every aspect of the church. So what we're saying is this. Everything we do here at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church is to help people know Jesus Christ and continually know him in a deeper and deeper way. First, when we meet him, that's the initial. This is before Christ. This is when we come to Christ. So that's our goal. If somebody doesn't know Christ, to introduce them to that wonderful relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. But then not just to leave them there as a, as a, a baby, but help them to know Him in a deeper and deeper way throughout their life. And that leads us to the next point. To know Jesus Christ and love Him more. Here's what we say. For our relationship with Christ to be healthy, it is necessary to continue to grow to love him more. In other words, you can't just stay a baby in that initial relationship or you can't stay a one-year-old Christian. It it should be a, a continual thing. Being a disciple is a continuing process as should be the ever, ever-growing depth of our love for him. That's, that's the... the Being a disciple is that process. And here's the theological word. We call it sanctification. Now, sanctification, it's all about God, but it's also about us as well. He doesn't just declare us sanctified. In one sense, he separates us in that way. But but there is the ongoing process of getting to know him more and more. And here's kind of how it goes. You know, we, it's not that we come to Christ and then, you know, we're, we're, we are just like Jesus. But instead, it's kind of a, you know, sometimes you have some initial growth and then it may kind of level out a little bit and everything. But if here's the image of Christ, 
it, it kind of goes like this, and you know what that's like. You may have a day, and you go, oh, man, am I even a Christian? You know, and then, you know, you keep working. But, but what you need to realize is you look at the bigger picture. You don't say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm judging whether I'm a Christian by how I acted an hour ago. You look at the bigger picture. Let's say you've been a Christian for 10 years. You say, okay, where was I? Where was I a year ago? Where was I five years ago? Where was I 10 or 11 years ago? And then you can realize that even though it's been kind of like this, that, that you have, you're, you're moving more and more toward the image of Christ. So that's what we mean by loving him more. And then the third area, helping people joyfully know Jesus Christ, love him more, and serve him better. Here's what we say at St. Andrew's Presbyterian because we believe that stewardship of self, time, and possessions is a vital growth process in every disciple's life. We seek to assimilate people. That means blend them in, bring them in, and encourage, educate, and challenge every member to be an active part of the church by using their time and talents for the glory of God. We have a vision for every member ministry. Now, you're going to hear that every member blank several times through here because we later on we say every member a witness every member a learner every member a worshiper every member a minister and we seek to guide each one into a gift-based passion-driven role in the church in at least one of our major ministry areas which is worship teaching and outreach such a role will be carried out joyfully and with excellence. Here's, here's what we're saying. That when you become a part of St. Andrew's, we're not going to guilt you into taking a job and like saying, uh, you know, you're new. You might like to teach the third grade boys. You know, wink, wink, you know, and... and uh, Everyone going, yeah, yeah, put them in the third grade boys while they're new, you know. And, uh, you know, and then you burn them out and then you hope a new mem- another new member has, no, no offense, third grade boys. I'm, I was a third grade boy and that's where I started teaching when I was just a teenager. So that's why I always use them as the example. I think that's why I was teaching as a teenager in the third grade boys. But, but here's the thing. We, we don't work that way, just kind of shoving somebody over there because that's counterproductive. It doesn't help that person. It doesn't help the third grade boys. It makes them less useful later if they get burned out because they're outside of their area of giftedness. But instead, if we find where their gift and passion is, You don't have to call them up and remind them to prepare. You don't have to say, are you going to be there or call us if you need a substitute or anything like that? Because they're going to be there. Because that's their area that God has gifted them and their passion will drive them. We don't have to stay behind them saying, get in there with those boys, you know. You see? So that's what we're saying here in terms of serving him better. We want everyone serving with excellence. And God has given you some gift. It may not be in teaching. 
For most people, it's not. But there's some area. The last stewardship season, when we did all the building I mentioned earlier, as I said, we called it here and now. And we in our community are reaping benefits from your vision to build this place. Mark Rattray uh, did a beautiful job explaining the kind of what a week looks like around here and how, uh, how much this building is being used. If you're only here on Sunday morning, then you have no idea. But if you drive by here very often, you're always seeing cars out front. And you know what? There's lots of times I drive by and I see a bunch of cars and I think, am I missing something? Did I... What, was I supposed to, you know, and I check my, oh, okay, it's, it's something else going on. And my heart is thrilled by that. When we first started discussing the building, I said this, and the, the good thing is I didn't have to convince others of this because everybody, others were on board. I said, the only way to justify Building this building is if it really, really gets used. I use the phrase, we need to wear it out for the Lord. I mean that in the best sense. For our community. For those who need Christ. That's good stewardship. Now keep in mind that we have a church of around 700 members. On any Sunday, we have about 500 worshiping on on Sunday. Here's what goes on an average week. Members, friends of the church, and community members, those from outside the church that come into our building and our members, averages 1,658 people through our doors every single week. Now, some of you count as more than one. And so what that means is Every month, over 7,000 people come in and out of our building. I'd say it's being used. I asked Marydale to, you know, work this up, and uh, this is just average. There are, are times it's way more than that. And every week in staff meeting, we discuss requests for use of our buildings. And there's two reasons for that. One is because we get so many requests, but secondly, the community has seen that our our doors are open. We don't take just any requests. They will always be appropriate. There are standards and so on. And yet, it's being used every single day. We're calling the new stewardship season giving it forward. Where'd that come from? Have you ever heard the phrase, pay it forward? How many, how many have heard that phrase, pay it forward? Okay. Um, maybe you've had that happen to you. Last December, and I think it happens more around Christmas, <laughs> but I was going through uh, the, the Chick-fil-A drive through over on Harbison early one morning. And uh, I was getting a cup of coffee and something else, biscuit or something like that. And I got up to the window. I had ordered and worked my way up there, a line of cars. 
And I got up to the window, and the young lady there said, that car that's leaving right now just paid for your breakfast. And I said, really? And she said, yeah. And I looked, and it it wasn't anyone I knew. In fact, I'd been sitting behind them, and I... You know, I always try to see if that's somebody I know. It wasn't anybody I knew. And, and they were leaving. They weren't, they weren't waiting to be thanked. They weren't expecting me to pay them back or anything like that. Um, and so what I did is I said, well, I'll pay for the car behind me then. And, of course, as soon as I said that, my flesh rose up and I thought, oh, What if they're making an office run or something, you know? (laughs) And so she said, okay, this is how much it is. I said, oh, okay, well, that. And I paid, and and I don't know what the car, but see, that's the idea. And and then I drove on out. I didn't even look to see who was behind me. But, you know, it gave me me a lift. It was was fun. It was neat. It, It made my day. I'm telling people about it during the day, and so on. That's the idea of paying it forward is you're not paying it back to the person that that blessed you. You're paying it forward to someone else. Now, I didn't want us to call this, you know, season pay it forward because we don't want you to think you got to pay something to be here. And so that's why we called it giving it forward, but with the same idea. The idea that there are those that are enjoying this building right now. And there's going to be those that are going to come after us. And unlike sometimes what we see in our world today, we don't want to leave them with a big burden. But instead, we want, we want to bless them. And it's our opportunity to do that. So that's the idea of giving it forward. And here's all I want you to do this week. One thing. You'll be, some of our youth are going to give you one of these cards. Just take it home. It's a, there's nothing inside, just a little tent. And put it, I'm, I have mine right on my desk. And it says, Lord, what do you want to do through me to accomplish your will for our church? Now, this is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no mistake about that. But he's called us here. And so I'm praying this frequently. And that's all, that's all I'm asking you to do this week is to pray that and ask him to make you open to that. And here, here's the other thing. If you pray this prayer for the next several weeks, what do you want to do through me to accomplish your will for our church? and God says nothing, then I don't want you to do anything. See, I'm not, I'm not in the position of God. I'm not going to tell you what you need to do. I, I, want, I want you to listen to him and see what he wants you to do. In the Middle Ages, several laborers were asked by a, a, a man riding by, What are you doing there? One laborer said, 
Well, I'm laying stone. And he was, picking up one stone and stacking it and so on. The man right next to him, working on the same thing, said, Well, I'm building a wall. And the third one, right next to him, said, When asked, What are you doing? He said, I'm building a great cathedral. You see, that's, that's the big picture. I think that's what God wants us to see. Here at St. Andrews, we're not just trying to build or pay off buildings. We're not just maintaining a budget or trying to save money. We're making disciples. And we want to make more and more disciples. Pursuant of obedience to the last thing Jesus told us to do. That's the big picture. Let's pray together. Lord, would you help us first of all just to relax in you about this. If you want us to do something, you're going to supply it too. You told us you would. So Lord, what, what do you want to do through me, through us, to accomplish your will for our church? Will you tell us? We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.